Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever. Dog. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain down. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. What's up, Freebies? What's up, Diamond Dogs? It's me, Rhea Butcher, your host of Three Swings. I almost forgot what my podcast is called. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I am baseline delirious at this point. I've been working from home, writing a draft of a script for my job, and I finished it. So, guess what? New episode. Trying to have this come out with some regularity appreciate everybody riding the wave. I say this every episode. I probably don't need to, but hey, that's the way my mom raised me. To apologize for everything. <laughs> I hope everybody's doing all right. There, I don't think has been a week where we haven't been bon- bombarded. Bonbons. We haven't been bombarded. Do you remember when bonbons was like a thing that everybody referenced? Was that just childhood or was that a time period? I wonder that often where I'm like, is that, was that my childhood? Was that... Because I was a child, like, are there children right now that, like, use bonbons to signify uh, laziness, richness, a uh, combination of that? Uh, being a woman femininity? Was I raised by old people? I mean, I was, but also, I just feel like bonbons was, like, a thing. I've literally never had a bonbon. I've had bonfires, but I've never had a bonbon. Cinnabon, but not a bonbon. All right. Anyway, uh, bombarded with horrific news. Um, and that's not to say that there wasn't horrific news previous to this. It's just that uh, we are also experiencing the growth of media <laughs> at a rapid rate. Exponential, if you will. Uh, so I just, um, boy, oh boy. It's hard to sort everything out. I, oof, it's a lot of stuff. I... Don't even know where to begin um, in terms of what's going on. Uh, so I don't I don't know that I even will. Um, I've been watching a ton of the uh, Women's World Cup that's been going on um, via YouTube and live stream. Um, I hope all of you have been. The U.S. is doing really well. They did lose to Japan the other day. Uh, Japan, the best, the highest ranked team. And, you know... There's been a, a lot of really great uh, articles and media on on the whole event, and uh, 
they really appreciate your support. So let's keep tweeting them out and Instagramming and watching those games and talking about those games. Um, because it, like I've said the last episode, the only thing you can do is grow the thing. So you want to see the thing, then put the work in and put the time in. Let's do it together. Let's grow this thing. Let's make it bigger. Um, I, I tweeted out a video from the first game of Stacey Piagno pitching to Anna Kimbrell and them just like going back to the dugout and Anna Kimbrell, like just slapping her on the butt, like you do in baseball. And I was just like, this is amazing. And Anna Kimbrell like reached out to me and said how much she appreciates these, the support. So like, that's one tweet, you know? Um, so the more that we can do, the bigger we can make this thing and, and, and all the women playing, um, I'm sure would appreciate it. So there's been some really great pieces. One that I haven't had the time to read yet, but really want to check out is why Japan is so good. Um, and that is because they have baseball for everybody, uh, at all age levels. So that's why they're good at baseball. That's funny. Funny that the, that, 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 that produces people good at baseball. If you let people play baseball, funny, funny how that works. Um, so yeah, I've been really enjoying watching that. Um, it's just been really wonderful to just like watch women play baseball. I mean, holy shit. I knew I wanted to see that, but then you really see it and you're like, I knew I wanted to see women spitting, but then I get to see it and there they are. And now I'm happy. So, um, do that and, uh, you know, pay attention, <laughs> pay attention to that. Um, let's see. I think I only have one ad this week, so maybe I'll save it for a little bit later. Um, how's everybody's fantasy doing? I am doing all right. I'm handing it, handing in there. I'm hanging in there. Um, I recently had to drop Sean Manaya because of the shoulder thing. There was a joke that I thought of yesterday, RE Fantasy Baseball, and I've already forgotten it. I want to be one of those people that carries a notebook around all the time. But then I just forget to carry the notebook around because I get, I, I don't carry, so I'm always like, I need a bag to put this in and maybe I could even put my tampons in there. Oh shit. That's a purse. I don't want to carry a purse. I don't want to carry a bag around with me everywhere. Um, oh, well, number one, <laughs> the Phillies, what are the Phillies doing? They lost because they put in Zach Eflin, I believe, no, Vince Va Vasquez, a pitcher as the pinch runner for Wilson Ramos after he hit it, an RBI single or double um, to get within one run of the Nationals in the bottom of the ninth with two outs after uh, somebody whose name escapes me now, their reliever, gave up a two-run home run. Uh, and then Vince Vasquez didn't tag up. I mean, he tagged up, but he left the base before the center fielder made the catch. So if anybody doesn't know the rules of baseball, if the ball is in the air, sorry, not with two, not with two outs, with one out, because he caught the ball and then he advanced. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with the rules of baseball, happy to explain it. If the ball is hit into the air and there are less than two outs, if you are on base, let's say you're on second base. No one else is on base. You're on second base. You have to keep your foot or some part of your body most ideally your foot, because then you can run quicker. On the base, which would be second base, until the ball hits the glove, the webbing, of whomever catches it. So you have to either watch the ball be caught or watch your base coach. 
and then they'll tell you go because usually a base runner will just, especially on second, because you would have to turn completely around to look into the outfield. You would be looking at your third base coach who then goes go once it's caught. So how this mistake happened either was just, he wasn't looking at his third base coach and he's a pitcher. So he's like, maybe not on base that much. I don't know. It just was a really bad way to lose. And my friend who's <laughs> friend of the show, Paul F. Tompkins, who is a huge Phillies fan. I apologize for going into this, but it is just very true. It is the one thing that the Phillies have going against them. They have all these pieces. They have all this energy. They have all of this stuff going for them. And then they do shit like this. This is why we're fans of baseball <laughs> because we have teams that are like, Oh my God, look how close they're getting. What? It just, it just is, yeah. I mean, this is what being a, a Cleveland sports fan was like my entire life. You would just get so close and then it, everything would just fall apart. So I know the feeling. Um, In terms of fantasy baseball, I feel like I had a joke about it and I can't, oh yeah, fantasy baseball tweet. I only have three players left on my lineup that I drafted and all three are position players. Anybody else in the same boat? I have made the most roster changes in my entire league. I I cannot wait to see the number. Uh, we use CBS Baseball, and I don't like their layout as much because it's not... Um, I prefer the ESPN Fantasy Baseball app because even if you're just doing head-to-head -head points leagues, you can see what all the points are. But in CBS, it's just, this is the player, these are the points. Um, and so... It's not as robust of a thing, and it doesn't tell me how many times I've changed it, just that I've changed it a bunch of times. So anyway, I would guess that I've made upwards of 100 roster changes, which is a lot <laughs> in 22 weeks. That means, you know, five a week, basically. But I would I would put it up there. I would say it's about that many, maybe more. Um, I also am the second best coach in my league, and I don't have the best record. So take that, take that uh, how you will. I mean, I gave myself the challenge of not drafting Max Scherzer with the third choice in my draft. And I traded away, like, my high draft picks because I they were I didn't need them. And now that person is beating me. So, whatever. I, I love a challenge. I give myself the challenge. I put myself in a worse position. I do it all the time. All right. So, updates on division races. Um... Bench coach Brett wants to know if my thoughts on any of the major contenders have changed in the past week. I would say they change almost every day. <laughs> but uh, I wrote the other day, I don't know if I can handle another Chicago-Cleveland World Series. I would not put that out of the picture now. I know I've been really... this this I, I'm excited. I'm excited because you don't have, you know, the Dodgers with their crazy runaway train that they had last season, and you don't have the Astros with their crazy run runaway train season that we had last season, which, by the way, produced one of the most exciting all the way through from start to finish World Series maybe ever, even though I'm still super unhappy about it. It's still, I mean, I loved watching 200-plus win games uh, teams play in the World Series. That's personally how it should be. But, you know, if we don't get that every year, who get, who gives a shit? Uh, I'm curious. I don't know. Look, I love the Dodgers. I like that team. I like a lot of the people on that team. I love wearing Dodger shit. I love supporting my hometown team, the town that I live in, my adopted team. I don't know that they're going to make it this year. It's not looking great. They're going to have to pull a big rabbit out of a big hat 
uh, because the Rockies and the Diamondbacks are just doing too well. And the wild card picture is too flooded for them. Like it just, it, there's too many teams. They have to contend with the Braves, not, no, not the Braves, the Phillies, the Brewers, and the Cardinals. And the Cardinals are unstoppable right now. You think that maybe toxic culture, toxic sports culture, I'm not even going to say toxic masculinity sports culture in this case in terms of the Matheny stuff I'm actually going to just talk about toxic sports culture because I think it's pervasive in all sports regardless of gender when people think that uh you know like henpecking and hazing people because that's what happened to you is the best way of doing this and just promoting that same sort of mentality over and over and over again do you think getting rid of that might have helped this team I think so. All of a sudden, they're they're unstoppable. Their run production is through the roof. They already had a great starting rotation. Matt Carpenter is on fire. <laughs> I mean, they get rid of their shithead manager that was like basically telling Bud Norris to pick on all their new guys. They get rid of that guy, and now all of a sudden they're winning. So let's think about it. I think a lot about the... Um, this this whole group of people that love to say, oh, everybody gets a trophy. Every, I hear people say that all the time. And forgive me if I've already talked about this on here, but I'm going to talk about it again. It drives me absolutely bonkers to hear people bitch and moan about, first of all, the everyone gets a trophy thing only applies to children. So let's be honest here. We're talking about children under the age of 14. Children. Aren't we supposed to be raising children to care about other people, to abide by the golden rule, to be kind to one another, to treat each other with respect and dignity? Yes, respect is earned, but dignity should be given freely, I believe. Aren't we supposed to be doing that? Isn't, it, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Because when you give a team of kids a trophy for playing on a team, every kid on that team that is one of the better kids on that team they all know that they are the better kids on that team because of one or a combination of any of these things. They see their own performance. They know how good they do. Their teammates tell them how good they are. Their parents tell them how good they are. Their friends tell them how good they are. The scoreboard tells them how good they are. The fans, their, their crowd that's there to see them tells them how good they are. They already know how good they are. And all the kids who aren't as good and who might not keep playing that sport and probably won't because if they're not good enough, they will get weeded out eventually and unfortunately because you don't get to play sports at the high school level just because you want to. So where is the harm in allowing the kids who aren't as good, who we all know are probably not going to keep playing this sport but might continue to love it and participate it and I don't know, participate in it, and I don't know, maybe come to the games after they don't play anymore and cheer on their former teammates because they said, I played whatever. I played baseball with that guy. Look at him now. This is great. Because they felt like they were a part of something. And yes, when you put the uniform on, you're a part of something. Absolutely. But tell me how there's something wrong in letting a six-year-old get a trophy for maybe one of the only times in their entire life for sports. And then they, what? 
they keep that trophy on their shelf and they think I was a part of something. And now when I go to work or I take care of my kids or I go for a walk, I feel like a part of something. And I try to give back because I gave to my team and then my team gave to me. Why is that such a problem to people? Why does it diminish your ability or your talents for you to just say, hey, thanks for being on my team with me? It doesn't. It literally doesn't. Just like it actually makes a team work better when you don't treat somebody that's 10 years younger than you like shit. It actually makes them want to play for you better. If you say, hey, man, come over here and you you give them you 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 teach them how to do it. In, in, uh, in, in Bull Durham, does Kevin Costner just mercilessly mock and beat the shit out of Nuke Lelouch? No, he doesn't. He gives him shit because Nuke Lelouch has a big head. Crash Davis puts him in his place because he comes in and he thinks he owns the place because he's got a, 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 a fiery fastball and he teaches him the ways of the thing and he does it harshly because he's getting that back. But he's not even, that's not even what we're talking about. I would imagine that the kind of shit Bud Norris was doing was just giving these guys, Jordan Hicks, a hard way to go. And I just don't think, ultimately, from personal experience, that just giving someone a hard way to go because they're new is ever going to be positive for anybody. Because when you really break it down, giving somebody a hard way to go just because they're younger than you is honestly abusive. And then you just keep a cycle going. Because to me, you go, you know, I got treated like shit, so I'm not going to do that to these guys. Because it made me angry. <laughs> I'm really angry. And I don't want to be surrounded by a bunch of angry people. So I'm going to be nice. And if they take advantage of it, then I will put them in their place. That's it. <sighs> Those are my thoughts on the division races. <laughs> just kidding. I'm uh, transitioning into being a life coach via this podcast, so I hope you enjoy it. Um, this The division races are, are really heating up. I think it's going to be a hot September in terms of baseball. The Yankees have won eight of their last ten, and the Red Sox split their series with Cleveland and then got swept by Tampa Bay, and that was their first time since May that they lost more than two in a row, I think. And then on Monday, the Astros crushed the A's 11-4 to in the first game of a crucial three-game series. The A's were up 4 to nothing in the third inning before the Astros scored 11 unanswered runs. The A's then returned the favor and beat the Astros yesterday, and they are currently playing right now. So that's a big one. Uh, a lot of people were questioning how... I mean, I'm curious to see how the AL West turns out. I would love nothing more than the A's to come out on top and force the Astros to play the Yankees in a wild card game. Just, well, some of it is revenge, but a lot of it is really just, I want to see the most exciting matchups um, in September in the postseason. And I think that would be really exciting to see. Um, I also think there it is. The Astros walk off the A's. So there we go. I don't think I'm going to get my wish, but I, I, that's what I'm hoping for. Curious about it. Um, the Dodgers have won three in a row and sit only two back from the Diamondbacks. They have a home series against Arizona this weekend. The Diamondbacks and the Rockies are actually now currently in first place, tied for first place, and I think that the Dodgers are two and a half back right now. So that doesn't seem like a lot, but that's a essentially a three-way battle, 
and two of those teams are playing better than one of those teams. And one of those teams is not in first place and has a closer problem. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So I don't know. And going back to the Cardinals, they are 19 and 5 in August and have a surprising MVP candidate in Matt Carpenter. He was hitting like 187 and starting to hit, and I dropped him, and then he took off. So I should just let everybody know when I drop people because that's exactly when you should pick them up. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to see how this division race uh ends up. Cleveland is obviously gonna win. Um, then I'm curious about, uh, Trevor Bauer coming back and their rotation. Andrew Miller is back on the DL again. Ramirez has slowed down a touch. Their production is not what it was. Although, uh, Yonder Alonzo and Edwin and, uh, Jason Kipnis and Greg Allen are picking up some of the slack where Lindor and Ramirez are starting to slow down. Not the best time for them to slow down. Um, they're going to have to kick it back into gear pretty soon. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how all of this sort of checks out. I said the Braves early, earlier, and I just said it again. I mean Atlanta. Sorry. it's That's a tough one because <laughs> it's really ingrained from my childhood, and I that's a tough one to get rid of because it's not as... Uh, um, I don't even know what the word would be. It's just that like I know that, that that other word I shouldn't use at all, and I haven't used it in a long time. But for whatever reason, I wasn't really talking about Atlanta for a long time. And so now that I'm talking about them regularly, I keep forgetting. So I apologize. I really do. I am trying my best. I really, really am. So speaking of trying, uh, <laughs> we've got a big trade, which is Daniel Murphy to the Cubs. Uh, Daniel Murphy's outspoken homophobia began when he was with the Mets in 2015. Billy Bean, former MLB player and current inclusion ambassador, was visiting the Mets in spring training to share his experiences as a closeted professional athlete and to discuss strategies to the MLB to become more inclusive and accepting of gay athletes, executives, and fans. Um, and just to put a pin in this there, uh, Billy Bean has since said that he retired from baseball because he did not feel he could come out and continue to play baseball, and he needed to come out. Um, so I think that's an important thing to keep in mind when discussing Billy Bean um, I think it's always important to keep a timeline of these things, regardless of what it is, um, in mind, which you could also consider to be context, that he retired early from uh, not just the sport that he loved and something he was, uh, you know, uh, uh, blessed, I guess, to, to be able to do. Um, he also had to retire from work, quit his job, essentially, so that he could be his true self. And I don't think we think about that uh, often. You know, we think about, we, we look at, you know, the internet and everybody's so pro LGBTQ plus IA, like everybody's so pro everything and everybody thinks everything's fine now, but like you got to think about these things <laughs> where, yeah, he's all over the place and they made this position for him, but he, that's because he had to retire so that he could be who he is. And that's a big deal. You know, that's kind of a big problem. And, um, 
you know, I, I, I'm more concerned about that, that people don't have to quit their jobs or be fired from their jobs than I am about, you know, whether or not a team sells a rainbow flag shirt in their pro shop. You know, it's it, it, one thing is making money and then the other thing is preventing a human being from doing a job. You know, so I think that both things are important, but one might be a little bit more important for me. Um, so in response to Billy Bean's visit, Murphy first called the idea forward thinking before proceeding to say that because of his Christian beliefs, he disagreed with Bean's lifestyle. The full quote is this. I do disagree with the fact that Billy is a homosexual. Something very specific about Christians using the word homosexual, but whatever. Anyway, that doesn't mean I can't still invest in him and get to know him. I don't think the fact that someone is a homosexual should completely shut the door on investing in them in a relational aspect. I would say you can still accept them, but I do disagree with the lifestyle 100% maybe as a Christian. Oh, sorry. New sentence. 100%. Maybe, as a Christian, we haven't been articulate enough in describing what our actual stance is on homosexuality. We love the people. We disagree with the lifestyle. That's the way I would describe it for me. It's the same way that there are aspects of my life that I'm trying to surrender to Christ. That's a great deal of many things, like my pride, which I think is such an interesting choice of words, and I'll get back to that. I just think that as a believer trying to articulate it in a way that says just because I disagree with the lifestyle doesn't mean I'm not going to speak to Billy Bean every time he walks through the door. That's not love. That's not love at all. Now, I have to admit that in 2015, when this happened, I had just started getting back into baseball in 2015. 13, 2014. 2015 was the first World Series that I watched since tr- probably 2006 because um, I really was uh, out of sports for a long time. Men's professional sports for a long time. And I found out about this stuff mostly via like TV clips and then maybe the internet, but I don't really know. It was a combination. And I didn't read the whole quote and I didn't hear the whole quote. And I'll be honest, I just kind of saw homophobic baseball player and went fuck that guy and that's on me number one i have in the past like i don't know year of this year really tried to slow down and not just like i'm gonna say retweet but i I, it's a metaphor for everything which is everything has turned into such like clickbait where it's boiled down to this essential nature that is an attempt to get your attention and also inspire either rage, panic, or happiness. And so I have tried really hard to, if there's something that I see and it inspires any of those things in me, and it is on a website that is a real thing, I try to take a moment to read it and see if that's what they're actually saying, you know? Because I've seen so many news headlines or tweet headlines that literally do not line up with what the actual article is saying. And it's it's so uh, disparaging and so frustrating and so toxic for everything that um, you really owe it to literally yourself to pay more full attention to the things that you want to comment on. You know, like... I, I both bristle and completely agree with the idea that there is outrage culture because I think that for a lot of people, outrage has become the new PC culture. And like all of these things are like a toss away 
just a way of diminishing someone saying, hey, stop treating us badly. <laughs> but at the same time, there is also people who just jump on board with a thing and act like it's the craziest, worst thing that's ever happened. Let's all burn everything down. And so there's got to be a middle ground here of going, wait a minute, what is this actually about? What is this person actually trying to say? And so I'm actually grateful to the fact that this guy was traded somewhere that we're all going back and looking at this again, because I think that there's a lot here. Because I haven't even gotten to the fan reaction to the fact that Daniel Murphy is playing in Chicago. Um, just to go back to his quote, I, 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 actually, um, I actually think that what he is trying to get at, while I f disagree, <laughs> because I don't think you can disagree with a human being's existence, because he is able to, as a non-LGBTQ person, and as a, his type of Christian person with his belief system is able to see his lifestyle as a norm or an acceptable one or following Christ or whatever, or neutral. He is in the sort of neutral position to be able to say, you know, essentially hate the sin, not the sinner. And it's a sort of evolved position from hate the sin, not the sinner to say, I disagree with your lifestyle but that doesn't mean I'm not going to engage with you as a human being. And the reason I'm even saying this, and I hope that all of you who probably disagree with me right now understand that I am a 36-year-old queer person who has lived their life as a gender non-conforming uh, person and also a butch lesbian and also all of the things that I've been in my life. I have not been accepted. I have been treated like shit simply for the way I exist on this planet. So please keep that in mind when I say all this stuff. I am somebody that has... Oh, I, I don't like Daniel Murphy as a player. I don't even like his... I don't like his style of play. But I have to be very honest about the way this guy is talking. That I actually think that someone speaking this way about that is someone that you could have a conversation with and say, I get what you're saying, but this is why I think it's wrong. Can we have a conversation about this? Do you realize that as a human being, you cannot separate my existence from my humanness? And the fact that I am queer is not a lifestyle. It is an existence. It is not something that I put on because I feel like it. And I'm not even going to get into whether it's a choice or not, because I personally think the whole argument that like it's not a choice, I disagree with that too. So what if it is? I'm a human being. I am not hurting anyone. I am not hurting anyone by living my life the way that I am and, and believing in myself and saying, this is okay. I am not hurting anyone. That is your interpretation that the Bible tells you that, 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 uh, that I am. But that is actually a choice. That is a lifestyle. Christianity is a lifestyle. You can believe that you're born into it, but it's a choice that your parents made for you. And then you continue to do it. And you are allowed to do that. I am not saying that you can't have that faith, but there has to be this space in between where it does not overlap and your beliefs do not stop me from living my life. And so it is hard to separate someone like Daniel Murphy or a belief system like that from the oppressive state that we live in and have lived in for a long time 
that is run by this belief system now. It's been completely infiltrated by this. And to be totally honest, from the get-go. So in some ways, I think, oh, this guy is actually somebody that you might be able to sit down, that Billy Bean might be able to have a beer with this guy and actually talk to him and say, you know, I hear what you're saying, but you got to understand that me being who I am and being okay with that is not a sin. It's literally not a sin. So I don't know. Like it's, yes, it's homophobia, but he's not using slurs. He's not saying terrible things about gay people. I mean, it's terrible to say that someone's lifestyle is something you can disagree with. But I just think that, um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I wonder how many people will be shocked that I will say this, but I have just had a completely different view of this through all of it. And I will say that as just a human being, and I know that I am very biased against the Cubs. I fully admit this. (laughs) They, I, I, I am very biased against them. I find them to be like this. They talk out of both sides of their mouth more than maybe any uh, front office that in the world. Yes, they've got Laura Ricketts, but I sometimes I feel like they're floating her out there to be like, look, we're fine. And then they do all this shit. I don't know. He also, uh, during his first press conference with the Cubs with Cubs reporters Murphy was asked about those comments do you have a message for gay Cubs fans who may be wary of rooting for you in response Murphy simply said oh dear and that he hoped they rooted for the Cubs that was a little I think that whole situation was bad if they they should have said something they knew that out at Wrigley was happening the weekend after this he was debuting at a pride night in Detroit like he should have said something he should have prepared a statement But that is actually what bothers me more, is how little they all seem to care. How much, how little all of these offices seem to care about the effects of statements and tweets and all this stuff that comes out. It's how little they seem to care about us. They are happy to sell merchandise with rainbow flags on it and put a rainbow flag up for one day outside the stadium, which is a lot, but also... If you're not even going to care to pay lip service to people, what is the point? And I would also say it's been startling to me to see so many people in my, so many Twitter friends of mine who some of them are LGBTQ people and some of them are allies. And I got to say, it's startling to see how many people are like, well, this is it. I can't support the Cubs anymore because of Daniel Murphy. And I asked people on Twitter to tell me like why Because to me, it's kind of nuts that everybody was like able to turn a blind eye to Aroldis Chapman, but Daniel Murphy, a guy who is essentially just talking about his Christian beliefs, which I disagree with, and also they don't need to be said. There's plenty of other players, I'm sure, agree with him, and they're keeping their mouths shut. Like, we could just keep our mouths shut, but then again, that's like, don't ask, don't tell. So I don't know. I wish we could just, I wish people, I wish guys could just be gay and play baseball. Like it would be so much more fun. Do you realize how much fun we're missing out on? We're missing out on a lot of fun. (laughs) Anyway, I wish women could just be gay and play baseball too, you know? But it, it was like startling to me that so many people were able to sort of look, uh, look past Aroldis Chapman. And I feel like to get a ring. But, I mean, I can understand that feeling because I also went back on my word and was rooting for Cleveland in the 2016 World Series. I have since 
realized my error and don't wear their shit and don't really talk about them other than when I'm just recapping stuff for this thing. They're not my team. I don't support them in any way. But I did go back, so I get it. But I just think uh, I'm really upset in general about domestic violence in baseball and baseball's reaction to it. So I'm not going to take it out more so on fans or people who are technically friends of mine via the internet. But I just think that, you know, the mechanism is startling to sort of go, oh, well, this is this is it. I, I, well, because <laughs> it's just like if you didn't win the World Series, would this have bothered you? I, maybe not. But then again, I'm saying it doesn't bother me as much as I thought it did. So I don't know. I don't know. Complicated, huh? Life is pretty complicated. There's no clear cut answer to anything. I just think uh, maybe we need to slow down on a lot of things. Maybe not blow everything up right away. I am not saying that I think this guy is good and I don't say think that what he said was positive, but I am trying to slow down and go, this isn't the full story. We should maybe think about it a little bit more. I guess something that I realized about this whole Daniel Murphy thing, I actually went for a walk and came back and we're adding this in. I still stand by everything that I was just saying, but I also think to add to that, between... He gets, he's getting the most attention and what he has said has gotten the most attention. And some of that is because we're upset, which is understandable. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be upset. But what it means is he's getting the most attention for saying that he disagrees with the gay lifestyle. And that's being called homophobia, and it is. And then other people are fighting that it is homophobia. But what's getting lost here is the original point, which is that there are no out- gay baseball players there's no counterpoint to him the only counterpoint is billy bean and his whole job is to smooth everything over the whole point of this is there's no counterpoint to daniel murphy's beliefs that he's talking about so the context for his belief system is that there are no out gay baseball players and he disagrees with the lifestyle but He's willing to invest and talk to someone if they are. That should be the talking point. That is what we should be talking about. I can't remember if I talked about this already, but Brandon McCarthy said something on Twitter a week ago or so. I can't keep track of time anymore. About how He was responding to a long tweet thread that a baseball fan wrote about homophobia in baseball. They went through and found some homophobic tweets by players. And unsurprisingly, there were a lot. And this is not, I disagree with the lifestyle type stuff. This is slurs and bigoted language and very awful stuff. Uh, Very straightforwardly awful stuff, I should say. And his response was, uh, one of the thesis was basically, I wonder why there's no out players, because this is, you know, the context in which they would have to come out. And Brandon McCarthy responded with, Nah. Now, I think that was a little bit short-sighted on 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 his uh, part because he's not gay and he doesn't understand that it would be very harsh to see that. Um, I know that because I engaged with him on Twitter about it because I said this is very disappointing. Um, and I just think, yes, there are many factors as to why someone doesn't come out playing baseball. Um, 
one of them is that the culture is unaccepting. There has been a lot of change recently, change that we don't get to see because who gets the most attention, the negative stuff. I would love to see clips of other players that don't have this belief system, but we just don't get them. And then also, you know, it, it. I would understand that if you have to be the first of anything, you know, my great friend Justine Siegel uh, of Baseball for All has been quoted many times, and I've heard her say it. It was never about being the first. You just want to play the game. And nobody wants to be the first. Nobody. Do you think Jackie Robinson wanted to be the first? No, he wanted to play baseball. But he did it because he knew that there was something on the other side, and he knew that somebody was going to do it, and he stood up and did it, and he paid a huge price. A huge, huge, huge price. And so I can't imagine what it would feel like to have to be the first one to do that. And language and conversation and media shitstorms around Daniel Murphy and all of this garbage where half of the people say it's fine, half of the people say it's the worst thing ever... It just, it's all churning around and there's no, there's no moment of, but wait, do you, do you know any gay players? What do you think? Do you think they should be out? Do you want them to? No, it's all just, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? You know what I mean? I just, because essentially what Daniel Murphy is doing is giving a take. There's no reality to that. That's a belief system. And I forgot to get back to his use of the word pride. It's very interesting. And I'm curious because I can't hear his tone. If he purposely used that word or if it was because pride is one of the seven deadly sins. But it's interesting, you know. Because to me, and this is just to me, the word pride in the context of the LGBTQ community has always meant pride in the face of violence. Pride and belief in who you are. Caring. Understanding. Pride in who you are and who you can be. In the face of violence, of hate, of despair. I hope that somebody can come out. I, I do hope that that is... I hope that we can get there. Because I think it would mean a lot to a lot of people. Especially that person. It can feel like you're fine. It can feel like everything's okay. Because for the most part, it is. And not everybody gets to come out. And that's sad. It really is. But I hope that we can. And I hope that it can change. And I hope that we can have some fun in baseball. <laughs> I hope that we can have some happiness there. So moving on to Jacob DeGrom for Cy Young. Heading into Thursday's start against San Francisco, DeGrom led the National League with a 1.71 ERA. That was almost half a run better than the next closest starter, Max Scherzer, at 2.11. He ranked first in home runs per nine innings, fielding independent pitching, and war among pitchers. He was second in innings, strikeouts, and whip. It's the kind of statistical line that, under normal circumstances, might lead to a 20-win season or something close to it. Instead, DeGrom is on pace for 10 wins. Does DeGrom deserve the NL Cy Young? How much should wins factor into voting? How should pitching excellence be quantified? I absolutely think that he does deserve it. Honestly, more so for the 10 wins than anything else. To be able to... this And this gets at an issue 
there, there was another story going around on Twitter about baseball and how to fix it or whatever. I just... Nothing on the field needs to be fixed about baseball. Except for not giving a shit when players are into it. <laughs> that need, that, if that counts as on the field, because that's more in the booth. But the, the rampant corporate capitalism of baseball that has, has ha- happened and run out of control, the fact that these teams are just money makers based off of Moneyball... Um, that like these CEOs are wandering in and trying to make them the biggest profit as possible and wins don't even happen into the equation. Like the Tampa Bay Rays are one of the most exciting teams to watch right now. And how are they doing it? They have cobbled something together with what their front office has given them. They have one of the best pitchers in the game. Speaking of Cy Young's, uh, Blake Snell should get, should definitely be in the conversation, but it's doing baseball overall a disservice. These there's how many non-competitive divisions? The AL Central, the AL East, non-competitive. There's nothing going on. It's one team or two. And the rest of them aren't even fun to watch. The Orioles are like 37 and 50 or whatever. Like that's just painful. It's awful. How do you expect people to care about a team when you don't care about the team? And then you do things like this. You have a young, dominant pitcher who's throwing 101 miles an hour, striking out Javi Baez, who's having an MVP-level season, and he can't even get 10 wins. It's ridiculous. And that's ruining the game, in my opinion. All right, we'll take a break real quick, and I got a couple more things to go over, and then we got the rosin bag, too. So we'll be right back after this. It's that time again. I'm going to talk to you about underwear. I love underwear. I've never not worn underwear. I don't... Look, I get it. Personal choice. Some people don't wear underwear, but I have never not worn underwear. And my Tomboy X underwear is my favorite underwear I've ever had in my entire life. They come in the best colors, fun prints. I love the micromodal fabric. I love the new stuff, too. They've got this new updated basics um it, lighter than the cotton feels like just great i love it so much it's time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident the underwear that's got more frills than function or underwear that your mom got you to fem you up underwear that's made to fit for you and how you see yourself that's what you need they've got bikinis briefs boxer briefs trunks and boy shorts soft bras racerback bras and everyday basic colors fun seasonal prints and brilliant colors and all options Come in extra small to 4X. So, regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody feels comfortable in. So go to TomboyX.com slash baseball and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And three swings listeners get an extra 15% off with code baseball. Again, code baseball for an extra 15% off. So ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to TomboyX.com slash baseball. All right, I got a couple injury and trade updates this week. I already mentioned uh, A's pitcher Sean Manaya was shut down indefinitely with rotator cuff tendonitis, and there's a chance he won't play for the remainder of the season. And also, Brett Anderson was shut down for the A's. Not qu- not as bad, but a big blow to the A's and their momentum currently. Um, Sean Manaya, who was somewhat up and down after his no-hitter, um, was still a big part of a big a big piece of that team. And so I'm, I'm curious if they're going to pick up some waiver wire guys or something 
Um, then we've also got on Tuesday, the New York Mets traded veteran Jose Bautista to the Phillies in exchange for a player to be named later or cash. The Phillies designated pitcher Mark Leiter, Leiter Jr. for assignment to clear room on their 40-man roster. I mean, I think that's a good move. They got both Cabrera and Bautista. Um, <clears throat> I think they needed a, a a bullpen piece, and they still need one because their bullpen is just not reliable. Rewind back to the beginning of this episode for information on that. Um, and finally, bad news for Yankees fans. Sorry. Number one, you're already a Yankee fan, so bad news. Just kidding. Come on. Baseball humor. Aaron Judge still isn't swinging a bat and has no projected return rate after fracturing his wrist in July. Very bad news for the Yankees, but they have a very productive offense nonetheless. Miguel Andujar is on pace to be the rookie of the year. I don't know if he will be, but he could be, and he's playing very well. Gleyber Torres is hitting again. Brett Gardner, Aaron Hicks, all super productive. So... Uh, as long as they stay on track, I don't know. I think they're still wild card. I don't think they're going to close the gap with the Red Sox because I think the Red Sox, JD Martinez is mad that people are asking about his Instagram. So I think he's probably going to start hitting even better. (laughs) That's what usually happens. That was something else that was discussed. He is clearly a pro gun guy. And I think you got to remember that just because you are quote liberal or progressive and your friends are quote liberal or progressive, and you all watch baseball and enjoy it, you got to remember, this is a Republican game. Because money. Um, and also, there's just that's just kind of there. It's a very white sport, so a lot of the white or white-passing guys, very Republican views, very Republican right belief system. And he posted a photo, a, a Hitler meme, with a misquote, a classic Hitler misquote, And it was not a pro, not that I'm absolving him or trying to defend him or anything, but people were like, oh my God, he's a whatever. The quote was like, to take over a nation, you first must disarm the citizens. And he was taking that literally that Hitler would take away your guns. So any president that wants to take away your guns through, you know, gun control or whatever legislation. And at the time, this was in reference to Obama, um... Then he's saying, this is why I'm keeping my gun, because I don't want Hitler taking my guns. And so, while I still think that is a shitty thing for somebody to be posting, he wasn't like, I like Hitler. (laughs) I I just think that there should be, we have to keep nuance in mind when we're talking about these things, because no one will take you seriously. If you look at that and go, he's pro-Hitler, they'll be like, he's not, so you're an idiot. Let's keep moving. Um, And you're not an idiot, you're upset by something that's upsetting you, and I understand, because it is upset. Is upsetting, but I don't know. I don't even know what my point is. It's just like, we all just need to slow down. Everything is upsetting. It really is. It really, really is. We have to slow down, take care of ourselves, and talk about what's important before we talk about the things that bother us. Because I feel like I I just got into a thing where all I'm talking about is everything that's bad. All the time. Because it's a time when that's what we're getting. That is what we're getting, is bad shit. Bad shit every day. So I know how frustrating it is. And I feel like a lot of us, especially people who listen to the show, we go to baseball because we want a place where that's not happening, where we can just watch a game and watch these teams that we love and these players that we like, and we just watch them play this game that we really like. And you can't, because they all are people with thoughts and feelings. And it sucks. So that's why I would say watch Team USA while you can. 
Watch the Women's World Cup. Watch the games that don't have Team USA in them. Just for a change of pace. Because you don't know what these women think. You don't. But they're women who are excited to get to play baseball. They at least have that going for them. You know? They at least are excited to be on the field. So give that a shot. Um, We'll move on to Rosenbag, and then that's going to be it for this episode. It's been real fun. I've enjoyed it a lot. Oh, I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody that responded to me on Twitter because I did ask about the Cubs, uh, Daniel Murphy stuff. And I do want to say thanks for everybody that, cause it seemed like everybody was being pretty honest with the fact that like some people said that you could, they were able to tur- turn a blind eye because he was a closer and he's not playing every day. Okay. Uh, some people were like, I honestly just traded my soul to the devil for this. Cause my grandfather was 88 years old and he wanted to see the Cubs win a world series before he died. And then he died. And so I'm glad he saw it. Like, yeah, I mean, I get it. I guess, I guess that is the unfortunateness of life is that you can't everything, you know, there's just like a balance to everything and nothing is ever perfect, which is unfortunate. We can keep trying, but it just isn't. It just is bad sometimes. All right, from Nicole M. Rizzuto. Hey, Rhea Butcher, I'm surprised I didn't hear anything about the World Cup on Three Swings pod. There's 12 national women's teams from around the world competing. I have been talking about it, and I realized after I recorded it that I was still talking about baseball for all, and I forgot to mention it. So I've been talking about it all episode. And you're right. I messed up. I'm recording this in my bed. During a full-time job. I messed up, but I have been very active on Twitter watching the games. Um, so I hope everybody's watching them. I've spent the whole episode promoting this. And it is a week late, but you've still got a week left. You've still got this week. You've still got the finals coming up this weekend. So, And you you know what? You can go back and watch the games. That's what I've been doing. So I apologize if you feel like I failed you. I tried my best. I really did. Sometimes, like I just said, things aren't perfect and you make mistakes. It's very true. Thank you for listening to another episode of Three Swings Pod. I will hopefully be back next week. I am going to go see two A's games over the weekend. I'm pretty excited about that. One versus the Mariners, one versus the Yankees. Still upset about Familia. Not giving them a free pass. Don't worry about it. Um, As always, you can follow me on Twitter, Rhea Butcher. Same as on Instagram and then three swings pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can give us a review, rate it and subscribe. That always helps on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, And then also, as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.